Hello, everyone, and welcome to That's a Dumb Rule Podcast. I'm Ben. And I'm Greg. Greg, today we're going to be reviewing the best rivalries in sports. Now, you were nice enough to compile a list of 100 of the best ones, and we decided, thanks for your work, but we're only going to do a select amount. <laughs> right. Um, but either way, you highlighted a bunch of rivalries you wanted to bring up just because we are kind of going through this moment in sports right now where we're talking a lot about history, mm-hmm. and this feels like a great place to start. So Sounds what good. do you want to start with? Well, let me just give you a description of what I consider a rivalry. Please. Right? So there's four bullet points that, that make to me, make up a, a rivalry in sports. First of all, the, the two teams, or really the two players, it could be an individual like tennis or something, but there must be a long history, right? So you have to have a history of playing each other. Um, you can't just play for a couple years and now you have this rivalry. No love lost between teams. <laughs> so that is absolutely number one, is that you you just need to absolutely hate that team and they hate you. Yes. Um, the fans hate each other. That's yep. another thing. Okay? That is a must. That is absolute must. <clears throat> and then here's the big thing, and this is, I can completely sympathize with this, but when your team is not playing, you would rather have the other team lose <laughs> than have your team win. Okay. So that feels like it gets right to the heart of the matter. That gets right to it. So, <laughs> all I'm right. Just, yeah. So I, I put together this list. Um, we're not going to do all hundred. Well, like you said, we'll just do a subset of these. But to me, these are ones that kind of stood out. Like, okay, I can see this. Some of these I'm very familiar with. Others I'm not. So maybe yeah. you could shed some light on to some of these. So. Mm. Well, let's start it off with the Battle of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Pittsburgh Penguins versus the Philadelphia Flyers. Right. What memories do you have of this rivalry? So this is obviously hockey, right? Yeah. And you, generally speaking, anything that's within the state, um, you're going to have a rivalry, right? Ohio has multiple sports teams in the same same league. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pennsylvania does as well. So these these two teams, they actually started playing in 1967. So that leads to the history, right? Mm-hmm. They've been playing for for over 50 years now so and again every time you see these teams play you hear them play this is a game that the nhl is going to put on prime time yes they want they want these two teams and another good thing i should have mentioned this with the bullet list of of the criteria is that no matter how good or bad a team is that particular year it's always a dogfight. it is right yeah and you have to i i I almost want to put in like level two you have to have success on both sides. Right. Like, you can't just yes. be a beat-up fight like Absolutely. it was for so many years. Because this is Mario Lemieux, Yomer Yager's in its history. Yep. Now Sidney Crosby's playing for Pitt. Right. Like, this has a long historical range of players that have come to these franchises and done well. Yep. And because of that, it's a love-hate relationship of greatness. Like, it, it really mm-hmm. is tough to distinguish between the two sometimes. Right, right. And both teams have to be good. That's yes. the other thing, too. Yeah, that... or have a, a pinnacle where they are championship-level franchises Yes. that are able to manage and hold their own against each other. Perfect. Okay, fair enough. All right, what do you got next? All right, the next one is the Indianapolis Colts and the New England Patriots. So this is the NFL. Now, keep in mind, the Colts today, they play in the AFC South Division, and the New England Patriots play in the AFC East Division. But they were actually both in the East from 1970 to 2001, and that's when the Colts were in Baltimore. So it's not as big of a rivalry as you would think because they don't play each other much now that the divisions are restructured. But, boy, back then, the Colts-Patriots was a big deal, and these teams obviously hate each other yes. more than you can imagine. And they were both really good. I mean, the yeah. Colts were a dominating team in the 70s. So. And it's one of these that – it's one of the rare situations where 
a rivalry was influenced by something off the field with Deflategate, mm-hmm. and there was a lot of other stuff between New England and Spygate as well, yes. and the Colts, Jim Ursay's owner, the owner Jim Ursay, yeah. just hated the team for the practices <laughs> they had. Like, right. Not only was there a rivalry to begin with, but it got worse. Yeah earlier and later and it still feels like it's there now it, it, it is there now they're not as good but when peyton manning played for the colts and they were oh, really yeah. good peyton would... versus brady the yes. two best quarterbacks in the league was... two of the best teams both super bowl winners both mm-hmm. had great coaching staffs both have great owners yeah it was just the picture of what you wanted franchises to be and they hated each and other and they hated each other and that was so <laughs> sweet <laughs> right on well, now we're taking it to the world of golf Yeah. with Ben Hogan versus Sam Snead. Now, if I remember right, um, the two of them, Hogan won 47 events, including nine major championship titles, while Snead won 32 times, including five majors. Right. So that's for the folks that don't know a ton about golf. I'm just learning about these two as well. But these two were the top standard of winning for years and years and years in the golf world, playing between 1945 to 1953. Yeah, so again, this is one of those things where both players were really good. Right? Yeah. So that's that's where all rivalries start. And they didn't like each other. No. <laughs> and, and Sam no. Snead had a great quote. The three things I fear most in golf are lightning, a downhill putt, and Ben Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's again, it's, it's one of those uh, in – you know, you could argue today's game, there's, I mean, at least a while ago, there was, you know, Tiger and Phil Mickelson and yeah. that kind of stuff. But again, this is a rare, guys, like, rivalry this where they rivalry. did not like each did other. Whereas like... Tiger and Phil, like, yeah. they're fine. Yeah, they're fine. But, but they were just there to play, and whoever came at t- on top came on top. Yeah. All right. One near dear to our heart. Oh. Green yeah. Bay Packers versus Minnesota Vikings. So, it occupies this room. It I does mean. occupy this room. <laughs> ben is a Packer fan, and I just don't know how to get past it. But <laughs> but this is a great rivalry. Yes. Um, every year, like I like I said, every year they when they play, they play twice because uh, they're in the same division. And no matter how good or bad each team is, it's always a tight game. It's a it's a physical game. You want to put the hurt on the other team. Yes. It's perfect. So And being here in Minnesota as a Packer fan, it is a hostile territory. Oh yeah. Like that's that's a really big thing a part of this is Minnesota whether they have a great team, bad team, mm-hmm. Packer fans are not welcome here. <laughs> they have a Packer bar where you have to go down. You, you can't come to our bar. You no, got to go to the Packer bar. Absolutely. You can't be wearing yeah. none of that. And then also the the thing that I really appreciate about this is historic players have played for both of these franchises mm-hmm. you know the thing that's always held in the uh in this in this rivalry is minnesota's never won a title but that's fine they've had randy moss they've had yes. these amazing teams chris carter came in like yeah. just the town john randall versus brett Favre. i yes. mean all the games of that great. we had reggie white for a while yep. we had donald driver we've had great players oh, on yeah. both sides mm-hmm. that made this a really fun game and then the fans getting behind it all the all the more. Yeah, it's absolutely just so fun, and I will never ever understand. Well, I do understand, but the NFL always has the Vikings going to Green Bay in December. <laughs> Why is that? Because everyone Vi- loves the snow. I know. I know. All I those just... Californians are like they play outside. I'm like, yeah, man, they yeah, do. Viking Packers. Okay. Well, who do you got next? Next, I got a tennis one. Right on. Um, so this might be before your time, but Pete Sampras and Andre Agassi. Yes, both I know were, this one. Yeah, both were absolutely dominating tennis players when they played 
Um, and you know, they, they were both really good. They played a lot. And, mm-hmm. and that's the thing, you know, tennis is such a, I don't want to say it's a small circle, but you don't have you know, hundreds of players. You have dozens of players that are really good. So you do play each other a lot. And, um, Sampras held the top spot in the, in the world in rankings for 286 weeks. Wow. Agassi held it for 101 weeks. Um, but they always produced what they say masterpieces during their 34 matches. So it was always a dogfight. Um, again, some one player may be having a down year, but mm-hmm. didn't matter when they played. It was it was good tennis. Yeah, that's always cool when you get the one v one. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be an interesting one. You have on next Sea yeah. Biscuit versus War Admiral. Mm-hmm. We're talking about horses. Horses. Have you ever seen the movie Sea Biscuit? I have. It's been a while though. Great, Great movie. movie. Great movie. Um, this was a again. A, it was a. Um, larger-than-life rivalry because the owners of War Admiral were just convinced that there's no way he could ever lose. <laughs> and he did end up losing to Seabiscuit, spoiler alert. Um, but, again, great rivalry between two horses. I mean, you can have yeah. it in horse racing too, right? Well, Why not? in the highest of stakes when you're talking about horse racing, yes. the millions of dollars that was put into those oh, yeah. horses. And then on top of that, all the people that are surrounding it. It truly is a team sport. And then you get to the point of you're talking about owners that have a right to have an ego clashing mm-hmm. against each other over animals running on a track. It's so bizarre. Of course there had to be mutual hatred. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Okay. This next one is more of a family oh. rivalry than a team <laughs> rivalry. <laughs> well, reviewing what we learned about the Colts and the Patriots. Let's reopen yes. it. Yes. So this is the Manning family versus Tom Brady. Okay. Of course, Eli playing for the New York Giants. Yep. Peyton was playing for the Colts. Colts and then the I'm, Broncos. I'm hoping yep. Archie isn't involved in this. <laughs> Unfortunately, but... Archie got, got the short end of the stick. He, yeah. he was a good quarterback, but it was on bad teams. Yeah, yeah. And then, unfortunately, the oldest brother never made it to the Cooper, NFL due right. to uh, some health concerns. But right. this is a really clever rivalry. I'm actually kind of glad you brought this up. Yeah. This is one that's close to making the list. I don't know if there's exactly... Well, I guess, yeah, there would probably be some dislike from both sides, especially Eli and Tom in particular. I think you're right there because keep in mind, you know, Tom Brady has won, what, seven Super Bowls or whatever? Something like that, yeah. But he lost twice to Eli Manning and the Giants. Mm -hmm. Um, So Eli had his number in the Super Bowl for some reason. Yeah. but yeah, there's no love lost between these. I'm sure they're they're buddies and stuff like yeah. that and stuff. Well, but and still, I do remember hearing stories that you know Peyton will talk to Tom, but they're not friends. Right. Right. It's and that's kind of the natural part of being human. But also, they could be in a room together. They might say a word to each other, and they really don't hang out. Right. And that's something else. And is that mm-hmm. they just dislike each other, or they're not interested? Is is Tom just too? High stakes for Peyton, who's already kind of a high stakes guy. Right. I don't know, but it is an interesting one that I think we'll learn more as they get older. Yeah. What their legacy is. Agreed. Okay, what's next? Next one is two companies that are rivals. Oh, we're doing a little boogity, 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 <laughs> let's go racing. Nice. Racing, yeah. Ford versus Chevy. So, again, um, the 1956 champion Buck Baker switched from the Chrysler 300B to a Chevy 
1957, and the heated rivalry was initiated. Wow! So um, the the next those two companies would produce the next produce 31 of the next 49 Nextel cups. Wow! So again, Ford versus Chevy. You hear this a lot in the racing circles. Um, there's obviously other players now involved. Yeah, and I but, always think of the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Yes, which yes. is an awesome Great story. Yep. Yes, and then this naturally just kind of took over when Ford started breaking out of that that kind of standard American car and started building some muscle sports cars. Right. Absolutely. All right. Well, what's next on the list? This one, now that I look at it on the list, is surprising to me, but of course it has a deeper history. It has a deeper history. It's not really a rivalry as much as you'd think now. It's the Patriots and the Jets in the okay. NFL. Um, the Jets used to be really good. They yes. sometimes are good, but usually not. Um, and again, <laughs> my lifetime of, they haven't. Been. Yeah, but that's one of the criteria of having a rivalry is you have to be good. But um, it's been really heavily favored in the Patriots for twenty years now with Brady and stuff. But um, but I will say that back in the day, this was a very hated rivalry: New York and Boston, um, two cities not far from each other, and yeah. fans. To this day, you do not like the – they play twice a year. They're in the same division, and it's it's a big deal. So at least from the fan standpoint, um, there's always going to be some, some bad blood between the two. So Right on. Well, speaking of Boston, yeah. we're going to move on to the Boston Celtics versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Now you speak to this. Yes, this is a massive rivalry. However, the first player that pops into my mind is the Boston Strangler. Oh. Do you remember? I'm trying to remember um, that team that was built around them. But right. Boston and the 76ers were the picture of success for so long. New York was not in the picture for so long, too. Okay. Um, the 76ers were winning titles. The Boston Celtics were winning titles. Now, 76ers were the ABA, is that right? So the 76ers were NBA, oh. and Boston was as well. However, okay. the 76ers were one of the best teams that knew how to poach players out of the ABA. And they got Dr. Dr. J from the Sycamores, and then he went to the Nets. And the Nets became the New Jersey Nets that became New York Brooklyn Nets. Okay. Um, The 76ers do have a long history of being moved around a lot. I wouldn't be surprised if it started in the ABA because they were the original home of the Warriors. Right? Really? The Warriors were originally the Philadelphia Warriors. And then they moved. And so Wilt Chamberlain's number is actually retired in Philadelphia, and it was retired twice because he's also a warrior. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a really interesting situation there. Um, But the 76ers had great teams and star players all around. They won titles in the 80s. They forget about that a lot. Just folks do that. Dr. J, Moses Malone was one of the best players in the league. He was an MVP. Wow. And they won in 1984. Larry Bird is in that league at that time, right. loses to the 76ers, yeah. right? And sparks this whole big rivalry all over again. Um, multiple players, loaded teams in every single decade. And really the only time where it's not much of a rivalry, honestly, was actually when I started getting into basketball from about 2008 to about 2014. And that rivalry is still coming back online and it isn't quite there yet. But okay. the history is there. And I really, really hope it returns because now, for the first time in a long time, we have two teams in Boston and the 76ers that year-to-year can be title contenders. Right. And it's been a while that we've been able to say right. that. Right, Nice. Okay. Let's move on. The next oh, one on the list. <laughs> the most annoying. <laughs> Never mind. Florida State Seminoles versus Florida Gators. I hate the chop. I'm just going <laughs> to say it now. 
get rid of it. <laughs> okay. And the Gator Gate thing, get yeah, all of it, I go know. back and forth. I know. But this is a great rivalry. Both of these teams have had great success. Florida Gators have won a national title, as has Florida State. I think the unsung thing is this could actually be a three-way if you wanted it to be. But unfortunately, Miami. Miami, okay. Miami is not as good as it used to be. Right. It, the hope is it will come back, but this this probably is one of the best rivalries that actually extends to three different schools. Oh. Florida State and Miami, they hated each other. Okay. And they, uh, Florida State used to recruit all of the players that didn't want to get the bad reputation from Miami. So they were seen as the soft team. Oh, okay. But they always were like a top five team. Sure. And then the Gators were historically the team, right? That's where a lot of these great players were coming out of was you wanted to be a Gator. You're from Florida. Go play for the Gators. Right. And they hated Miami because they felt they took a lot of the swagger that was originally Florida's. Okay. So there was more than just football on the line. It was pride in Florida football, period, from the high school and peewee level that was boiling into the college realms of these kids that went to those three schools, played each other. Wow. All the way up through high school. And wow. so they knew each other, too. And that's, that's awesome. what makes that rivalry so special to Very me. Very cool. All right. Next one is the Yankees and Mets. Now, okay. this is interesting because the Yankees are an American League team and the Mets are a National League team. Yeah. So up until, I can't remember what year, not too long ago, these teams would never play each other unless they met in the World Series. Wow. But since they have now started interleague well they haven't started they've had it for a while now they do meet each other every year and again it's it's just a it's a you know bragging rights for new york right mm. it's yankees mets um i can totally see that as a as a uh, rivalry but at the same time like you got to be good and i know the yankees are always pretty good the mets eh, yeah. they cannot be good and then it doesn't really work yeah. so hopefully this year will change it around but it definitely feels like a fan base driven rivalry not the team based rivalry i agree i agree yeah. okay well what's next oh we got another one close to home yeah so right we have on. the wisconsin badgers and the minnesota gophers okay for people that aren't from this area this is a big rivalry, regardless <laughs> right. of the sport. The The passing of the axe and football is huge. Right. The basketball games are huge. I will say they've been more one-sided over the years. I did grow up a Minnesota Gopher fan, right. so that's one of the overlaps that me and Greg have. Um, but this is a massive, massive rivalry here in the states because, or in between the two states because so many people go back and forth. Yep. Like I grew up in Wisconsin. I live in Minnesota. Yep. You know, my friends grew up in Minnesota and now live in Wisconsin. Like the line is really faded, and because of that, the loyalties switch, and oh, they can do you dirty. Yep. So a couple of interesting things about this rivalry. First of all, it's the oldest one in mm-hmm. college football, and up and and just so people understand, sometimes when you have a rivalry as old as this, or or maybe not even as old, there's usually some kind of a trophy that the winning team gets to keep for the year it's sometimes sometimes it's a trophy sometimes it's something else in this case the very first trophy i'm going to put in quotes was a slab of bacon it was a (laughs) (laughs) a piece of wood with an m and a w inscribed on it depending on how you hang it on the wall right so you either hang it one side or the other and then it was actually lost in 1943 so then they replaced it with Paul Bunyan's axes, which which is what they use uh, now, right? and it's one of the coolest trophies. It's I think, very out cool. There. Yeah, so yeah. the winning team gets the axe for the next year, and uh, that's a good that's a good rivalry. I yeah, like that one. it's got some fun spirit to it. 
Okay, so this oh, next one. Great, <laughs> great rivalry. Yeah, so you tell me about this one. So Syracuse so, and Georgetown. I am a Big East fanatic. I love the history of the Big East, and you can't talk about the Big East without naming Syracuse and Georgetown. Those are the two most historic teams between uh, all of the teams that were in the Big East. John Beheim being still in control of the Syracuse Orange, and then Big John Will or Big John uh, coaching Georgetown. Both are national title champions. Mm-hmm. Um, both are Hall of Fame worthy coaches. Both have outstanding programs for recruiting. Both had drastic moments in history between recruiting Earl the Pearl Monroe, right. who went over to Syracuse or, or Washington, excuse me, mm-hmm. um, who was the face of New York basketball for years, also called Black Jesus. <laughs> and then you had you had um, Ewing going yeah. to Georgetown. Georgetown. Like these were incredible teams yeah. that carried so much weight, not only for the game of basketball, but culturally. People wore Georgetown shoes. Yeah. I, I I have a little like picture of people oh, trying you? to buy the Georgetown Nike shoe because every team in the Big East had like a different colorway. Oh, funny, right? And Georgetown was a Nike school. Okay, and so they wanted to buy the gray and the dark blue and the white, and everyone was buying those up. And then Syracuse built the met the the dome like the dome right which was dedicated to basketball and could seat like ninety four thousand people so oh this is wow. a heated rivalry these coaches didn't like talking to each other the fan bases didn't like each other they had star players on either side both that could have been number one picks in the draft one that definitely was both went on to have great careers pro washington did fine um ewing i mean as a hall of famer now right. But even more players that are still continuing to pour out success. Carmelo Anthony was the face of New York basketball again from Syracuse. And then Georgetown had Allen Iverson. Yep. So there's just endless supply of great names to throw on top of each great programs. And it's really cool that they're still basketball schools. Yep. Syracuse has football in the background, but I think of basketball immediately. Yep. Good one, good one. So the next one here, um, I think this is a good one. Denver Broncos and Oakland Raiders. Raiders. Now, now, the, <laughs> now the Las Vegas Raiders. But yeah, Broncos, Raiders, a lot of history there. A um, lot of, lot of uh, hate between the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, the and, Golden Boys versus the Black Eyes. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a rivalry that, that one of the, I mean, if you had to list maybe the top five rivalries in the NFL, this is, has to be one of them. Yeah. Broncos, Raiders. Doesn't matter whether a team is good or not. Every time they meet, it's it's not. It's just yeah. yeah. Great coaches, great franchises, great management, and pretty good ownership. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll say the past couple of years have been great to them, but it, it definitely has. And I I should say this: top five fan bases maybe in the NFL. Yes. Period. Yeah. Like easily up there. Raiders for me, watching those games as a kid, I loved that. Mm-hmm. Seeing the fans dress up. Yeah. And then the reaction and the brilliance that is in Denver. People know football there. Oh, and if you're not up town. for it, yep. they'll let you know. And it's unofficially <laughs> yeah. America's team. It has yep. the most fans in the country is the yep. Denver Broncos. Right. It's overseeded. It beat the Cowboys out years ago. Wow. Okay. So definitely a great rivalry for more than just what's seen on the field. Okay. This next one, I think uh, maybe one you can comment on, Brazil and Argentina. Yeah, very topical right now because Argentina's the World Cup champions. It's always been seen as the little brother to Brazil, and then Maradona came along and won two. Historically, think of it this way. Brazil had the greatest player of all time in Pele, and then those believed, there's believers that think Maradona was the best player of all time, Mm, Argentinian. Sure. Both won multiple World Cups. Pele was the better between the two, in my opinion. 
but Brazil, Argentina, two countries that couldn't be vastly different wow. and yet somehow very similar. Yeah. Um, and somehow they always find the way to meet up in which they just always seem to meet up. And now we have two great players as well between Messi and Neymar who yep. played together for years, right. who are playing together now, and they're on different teams. That's so there's awesome. still some rivalry there. But I will say um, Brazil have had some ups and downs with their soccer program, and they're starting to come back stronger. They had a really bad loss to Germany in the 2014 World Cup that really threw them off in reputation. Hmm. And Argentina have been just waiting to break through that wall. They finally did it. So it'll be interesting to see. It will always be a great rivalry just because of the location, the people, the, right. the passion for soccer there. But I think the storyline of what we just lived through is going to be a weird one to look back on in the rivalry's history. Okay, good. And that's my opinion. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one, you being from Michigan. Yeah, this is uh, great. Michigan Wolverines versus Michigan State Spartans. I This was like the largest identity crisis I had as a juvenile <laughs> was I loved Connor Cook, the quarterback for Michigan, yeah. or the Michigan State Spartans. Right. But I, my grandpa and my, most of my family were Wolves fans. Ah. You grew up in blue. Go Big blue. blue. So I have a chair that's got the big Michigan emblem on it and everything. So I grew up loving Michigan, but my favorite player of all time was Michigan Stater oh, in college, at least up until that point. And so it was really tough for me as a young guy. I was in middle school trying to figure out what I preferred. And when I went to college, when I started looking at college, I actually looked at Sparty. Well, you did. I did. And I, did. I love both schools dearly. They're from, you know, what I consider my second home of Michigan, just right. from the time I've spent there. Um, it is a very lopsided uh, rivalry right now. It is. Yeah. However, historically, this is an, one of the best rivalries you can have because football is great. Basketball was great. Baseball was great. They were great recruiters inside the state, outside of the state. Their hockey programs were pretty good. Right. Like they were thoroughly invested in all aspects of the rivalry and it made it work and it was exciting. Perfect. So I loved this rivalry because usually we just talk about one sport. Right. This is a multi sport rivalry that carries over brilliantly. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Ooh. Next one here, getting back to tennis, John McEnroe and Bjorn Borg. So this was ahead of my time, but this yep. is easily one of the most recognizable rivalries yep. and i wasn't alive for it john, and i think that says enough oh, yeah i mean john mcenroe well they're both i mean i remember yeah. watching both of them play very dominating players just regularly so good and they met 14 times at the regular tour with seven wins for each mm. so they split they played in perhaps the greatest tennis match in history the 20 minute fourth set tiebreaker during the 1980s men's single final at wimbledon gave the sports world a true understanding of this talented yet contrasting tandem. It's, they were yeah. you couldn't have picked two guys <laughs> different than each other. Wow. Um McEnroe, it was just the fiery guy always running his mouth off, yeah. you know, that kind of thing. I have a very clear <laughs> image of that. Bjorn Borg was very just subdued and just kept to himself, quiet guy, awesome tennis player of obviously, yeah. but two totally different guys and that's I think that's what made the rivalry work more than anything is is you just have these two guys that are complete opposites. It's the picture of what you want. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. All right, so the next one here, this is a good one. I like this one a lot too. Yeah. So it's USC Trojans versus UCLA Bruins, now about to become members of the Big Ten. Right. So this is one we've been trying to get used to for quite a while, but definitely a rivalry of note. 
between basketball and football. Those are the two I think of immediately. Yep. So they have, they're only 12 miles apart. <laughs> so they're so right crazy. in their backyards. Um, USC uh, had a victory over the 19, in 1967, um, 20 to 20, I'm sorry, 21 to 20. Um, and the rest is history. I mean, they, they meet every year. They mm-hmm. don't like each other. It's it's just it's a perfect rivalry. The, yeah, yeah. You see, I mean, the amount of football players drafted out of both, the yes. basketball players drafted out of both. Mm-hmm. It's a great school. It seems to be coming back in a way, and I really hope so because UCLA has had a hard time producing a good football team they in a have. long time. They have. Um, USC has a great coach right now. We're hoping that UCLA will become a more attractive job over the next couple of years. But, yeah, hopefully that's coming back strong because it's got some great history that goes back to the 50s. Yep, yep. All right, what's next? All right, the next one is two countries that are rivals. Ooh, political. <laughs> political. <laughs> so the USA versus USSR. Now, nice. this is before your time. Yeah. But the Cold War and the 1980 Winter Olympics, you, it was such an amazing time. Mm. Um, the U.S., I'm sure everyone knows the story, but the U.S., the Russians had won the Olympic hockey uh, gold medal for years. The last time the U.S. won it was 1960, so it had been 20 years USSR just dominated all the time. Yeah, you couldn't touch them, and the U.S. Uh, U.S. put together a team of college players that went out and beat them, and it was mm. absolutely unbelievable. Um, the 1972 basketball matchup. Yeah, um, this was a really interesting game too to watch. That was a very interesting game. There a lot of controversy around it, mm-hmm. but I don't think this rivalry exists a lot today. But Boy, back then, it was a big deal, let me tell you. Yeah, and I mean, it goes right into the 80s when the USA team placed second and USSR won in the Olympics. Yeah. And the USA team left their medals in the room. Yes, I remember that. David Robinson was on that team. I believe Michael was on that team, too. So there was serious hate going back and forth because the ideologies were different. The treatment of their people were different. The Cold War had changed things. I mean, I grew up by one of the players from the Miracle team. And he used to come to some of the hockey games really? by where I grew up. Okay. And my dad, I'll never forget, I was sitting next to him, and he walked in. And my dad had seen him before. And it wasn't like he was going to bow, but there was a different reverence. Yes. Like, my dad's tone changed. He went from being an avid sports fan to, oh, like, it hit him. It's history, these years, this pride. Yep. It, it, it put a sense of spirit in people that we just don't have right now. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's something really special. And that's why I've always been really, it's something that still draws people to this day to that team, Perfect. the Miracle on Ice. Yeah. It, it's, uh, if anyone hasn't seen the movie, you need to see it. Yeah, and it extends to other sports, but hockey oh, yeah. in, in particular is yeah. something special. All right, next one, um, pretty obvious, Chicago White Sox and Cubs. Again, yeah, divided families. Divided families, yeah. Divided a city. Um, so again, up until and I should know the year, but um, a while ago, you would never play. White Sox and Cubs would never play unless it was the World Series. Yeah. One was National League, one was American. Now you have interleague <laughs> games. But anyway, it's uh, it's a rivalry that obviously continues. Great Moving ballparks, on. fun Great. ballparks. Yeah. This next one we talked about it a little bit earlier. Yeah. Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson. I don't know if this is a rivalry. This is less of a rivalry and. I remember walking around the PGA. I was 11 years old, and these older guys were standing next to me because these guys were just teeing off at the driving range, and they go, what type of guy are you? You a Tiger guy or you a oh. Phil guy, lefty? 
And so I think they really didn't care about the rivalry. They didn't dislike each other. Right. But the fans had a preference. And yes. in a golf in, in golf being a purist game, the rivalry was it began with the fan group. Yeah. Rather than the players. Fair enough. Oh, okay. this is a tough one. Don't get me upset. So I'll try not to get you upset okay. on this one, but switching to basketball, Wilt Chamberlain and Bill Russell. Great rivalry. I'm a I'm a Russell guy going off of what I said okay. before. This is a tough rivalry for some basketball fans because they don't think Chamberlain won enough against Russell. Okay. But that being said, Chamberlain won all the record books. So right. I think this is a great rivalry. And people are one over the other. They really they like one or the other. They usually don't like both if you're a basketball fan. Yeah. So and people have a very they don't fully understand Chamberlain. He still feels like a mystery. And Bill is very realized. We know who Bill was. I mean, he stuck around the league forever. Mm-hmm. So great rivalry, great rivalry to start the league on. Right. And now we're here. And and this one, this is interesting because Wilt has all the records, right? Yeah. But Russell has Russell all the has rings. Russell has all the rings. He won nine championships uh, and Chamberlain only won one. So And goes into the Hall of Fame Basically twice as a coach and as a player. Right, right. So unbelievable too. Yep. Here's a good one. Notre Dame and USC. So Um, this is a really good one. And I think this is so interesting to sit here with you and talk about. Because your knowledge of the background of this is going to be different than mine. Because when I think of Notre Dame, I think of Miami. Okay. Which I'd love to hear your thoughts on USC. So this is one of the rivalries where even though the teams aren't geographically even close to each other they play every year mm-hmm. um it's it's one of those things where each team has an 11 national national champions and seven heisman trophy winners wow. so both teams are generally really good totally understandable um, there yeah, and there's just again no love lost between these two teams <laughs> when they play um it's just, it's one of those things where i mean if you're if you're either fan i mean if you're a fan of either one this is the game you go to like if you can get to any game this is the one Right. Absolutely. As we go through this list, this is a crazy yeah. list. So this one I think is pretty obvious. I mean, Dallas and Washington in the yeah. NFL. Dallas and anyone. <laughs> Dallas and the Eagles. Dallas and the Redskins. Yeah, yeah. everyone. Yeah. Um, Giants. Then Redskins. Yeah. Now Commanders. Commanders. Yeah. Right. Still getting used to that name, but yeah, this is well again. Uh, yeah. And I think this really kind of hits the point of rivalries in general. People don't like teams that dominate all the time right the patriots the cowboys the yankees right yeah now it's the warriors now it's the warriors so it's kind of like dallas is a team that either you love it or people hate it yeah it's it's just the way it is and and this is no different so all right let's move on here to another one i know this one kind of hits i think we both love this one yeah so this is a good one this is michael jordan versus the detroit pistons Tell me about the Pistons because so, I remember Dennis Rodman, yeah, John Sally, Rick um, Mahorn, Rick Mahorn, yeah. Um, and I tell you what, yeah. it was like not to overplay it a little bit, but oh, it was like it. when you would watch a Detroit Pistons game, you expected a fight to break out every like, time. I mean, every it was, time it was weird if it didn't happen. Like, <laughs> <laughs> what's going on, Detroit? This. Tell me yeah. why they did that. What obviously yeah. it was planned. I mean, yes. this was their who is their coach? Uh, John, John Daly. Daly. Yeah, the legend, my favorite coach of all time, John Daly. John Daly was hired to manage personalities because they drafted Isaiah Thomas, who came out of Indiana with Bobby Knight. Okay, and so they're like, okay, we got this blue chipper, yeah. and in the same draft, Bill Lambeer goes to Cleveland, 
And the general manager trades for him, and he's like, okay, we got these very contrasting styles. One, Bill Lambeer, comes from Chicago, but from the wealthy side. And Isaiah Thomas is from South. Okay. So he's like, we need somebody to manage it. And boy, he got lucky he got a really good manager because they filled that locker room with other personalities as they went. So they hired Chuck Daly. Chuck Daly, yes. Um, so People. they didn't necessarily hire him to do X's and O's. They uh, He was a great coach, but he was a great personality. Yeah, okay. he could manage a room. Okay. And that's why he was selected. Because you got a lot of personalities on that team. Yeah. I bet it wasn't easy. <laughs> he ended up becoming the dream team coach for the same reason. He knew okay. how to manage personalities. Uh-huh. Right. So what ended up happening was they started building this team, and it was tough, and they hated the Celtics. That was the team they hated. But Not what, the Bulls. No, because the Celtics came first. Uh, okay. So if you think of the order that the titles were won in the 80s, Magic and the Lakers – and then in 84, uh, the Boston Celtics win it. 84, Moses and Dr. J win one with the 76ers. Boston, then Lakers, Boston, Lakers, Boston, Lakers. Then there's this period where Detroit takes over, and they have to overcome Boston and Larry Bird. Oh. And they're fighting them, and that's the Bird steals the ball from yeah. Henderson, right? Yeah. And he passes it to Henderson, who scores. Um, But Detroit hated Boston, and that's another rivalry we can talk about. But specifically they hated larry bird like that was the guy they hated but eventually michael comes along and the detroit pistons just so happen to be the team with the crown on their head and michael has to beat the detroit pistons and fails two times in a row and not only does he fail he gets beat up because they come up with this thing called the jordan rules specifically daily does and the jordan rules basically are if 23 and Scarlet comes down the lane, you put him on the ground. So this is a coaching strategy. Yes, because the strategy is the first foul counts. Right. Everything after doesn't. <laughs> and so, so you can imagine. Play, so player number one will foul hit, him. hit Jordan on the arm, whatever. Yes, foul and then him. you have Rick Mahorn, who is a bodybuilder. Right. And then you have Bill Lambeer, who is one of the first stretch fives ever. Right. Who are just big bodied. Smack him. Or you have, right, you just come in there, big old paws, smack them. So wow. that's what they would do, and that disrupted Michael because Michael was a very slight guard, and it wasn't until the summer after ninety or after ninety that he started putting on the weight. In ninety one, ninety two, ninety three, he rattles off three titles, and he becomes like the broad shouldered. So he had to put on weight. He put on the to, muscle to, to beat them. To beat that, and then they oh. drafted Scottie Pippen. They traded for Scottie. Okay. And they got his draft rights. And so they had Scottie Pippen kind of grew out of his pup phase right. and became Scotty. And then they also had, you know, just a variety of shooters and basically said, all right, Isaiah Thomas, Joe Dumars, that's the two leading guys. Here's two of the best perimeter defenders uh-huh. ever. And then we've got shooters that can stretch out like B.J. Armstrong. Right. Um, and then they found a solid presence in Bill Cartwright on the inside, mm-hmm. who was a mature adult in the room, yep. who knew how to deal with Bill Lambeer's trickiness. Right. And then you just put a power forward like uh, uh, Horace Grant, Horace Grant. on yep. somebody else, and he could stretch you out, a stretch four, if you will, because right. he could shoot twos from further away. So they built the team that won 91 to beat the bad boy Pistons, and that's their name, bad boy, because... The Jordan rules weren't just Jordan rules for Jordan. They were for the whole league. And that's how they managed all the stars to really rattle people, get in their head, because they were mentally tougher. And that whole team was built that way. I mean, Adrian Dantley 
basically argued his way off that team to Dallas in trade for Mark Aguirre, who came back and helped him win a title. Because wow. John Daly and him would argue and argue and argue, and one time he didn't, he just walked off the floor. Wow. And that was the end of Adrian Dantley's career as okay. a Piston. But yeah, that's a great rivalry, and it's still hated to this day because Isaiah believes the reason he was left off the dream team was because Michael. Because Michael said And no. his coach coached that team. And Michael wow. loved playing golf with John Daly. <laughs> like, this is the most bizarre backwards rivalry because they clearly, like, Michael's not over it. Right. The Pistons aren't over it. The Pistons hate everybody from the 80s because they don't feel like they get respect for being title champions. <laughs> and then John Daly's playing golf with Jordan, the guy who devised the strategy oh, to kick Jordan's gosh. butt. That's perfect. And everyone still has so hurt even feelings. Even to this day. They hate each other to this day. I don't think Michael's spoken to any of them. Wow. And, wow. I mean, John played with Michael That's at funny. one point. John Sally. John Sally, yeah. And, yeah, there's they don't speak. All right. Michael still doesn't like them. <laughs> so the next rivalry kind of falls in line. Yeah. I have the Lakers and the Celtics still to this day. Um, I mean, you, this, is bas- this is the NBA, right? Yeah. I mean, it really is. So This is the core of what made the NBA the yeah. NBA. Would you say that Bird and Magic um, – saved basketball yeah. in a way saved the nba I should because say. if we're talking about a timeline we go from the 50s which is just sporadic we don't know what's going on mm-hmm. we have the split which is we get the 60s where bill russell dominates with will chamberlain and the split happens when we start seeing aba franchises pop up and do well right there's no dunking in the nba and so that leads into the 70s which i call the cocaine cowboys which <laughs> is where drugs ruin the nba and there weren't many white players. Unfortunately, this goes into a racial part. Okay. And this does play into the, the rivalry. And the ABA was more fun. And it was doing really well. So a deal was struck that the NBA would take ABA teams minus the St. Louis Spirit, which was kind of like the premier, one of the premier loudmouth teams okay. for a lot of other reasons. And we'll talk about that later. Right. They bring them in. And the 80s, Bird technically gets grafted with Magic in the 70s, but they hold the rights because they're still in college. Okay. They come out, they play in 80, and the league was on tape delay, meaning the games, if the game was played at 8, the TV broadcast didn't get shown on live TV or on TV till midnight. Oh, so they recorded it. the games and aired them late because okay. no one wanted to show NBA games. So what they did is they purposely devised the marketing to be Magic, who's from Lansing, smooth talking, hey. head of Showtime Lakers. Yep. And no one really loved Kareem. So let's put it on the young kid that everyone likes. And then Bird is the blue-collar guy from Boston, right. a black man, white man, in the perfectly suited roles in the perfect city, and they always played them on back-to-backs. So they would say oh. Lakers versus Cavs at, at 6 o'clock, and then at 9, Bird and, the, uh, Bird and Boston versus the Bulls from Chicago, and they would play them always together. Oh, and they actually that. artificially built up that rivalry revamping what happened with Chamberlain and Russell, but it wasn't much of a rivalry because Boston always won. Okay. So that's where it came from was marketing. And then Larry and Magic were so similar in yeah. so many ways. One just had a nice-looking jump shot, and the other one had a set shot. Same halves of the same brain. So both go on to win, and then Larry wins Rookie of the Year, the the, um, the year Magic plays all five positions in the oh, finals. right. And so now there's accolades going around, and they win MVPs, and who's the better player? And wow. to this day, they're very good friends, but at the same time, they also know they're very, very deeply competitive. 
Right. So it, it is the thing that saved the NBA, in my opinion. It is the turning point that leads us to success. It's David Stern takes over at that period as well, and right. he rides that wave. Yeah. Michael comes into the league and great players. But without Bird and Magic, we probably don't have the storyline that carries us into the right. 80s. The golden generation, if you will. Yep. All right, moving on. Uh, back to the Packers. Yeah. Packers-Bears. Now, being from Minnesota, I always feel like yeah. Packers it's, and Vikings is the biggest. But it, being Yeah, from we're Wisconsin, dating two women at the same time, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> so is it the Bears that the Packers don't like the most, or is it the Vikings? I need to get It a depends answer. on where you are in Wisconsin. Okay. So I'm from western Wisconsin, which I disliked the Vikings because I knew Vikings fans. Right. Not to sound harsh, but yeah, I knew yeah. y'all. Right, right. Um, and I saw the Vikings on local television. Okay. So Minnesota, Wisconsin's in this weird place where we overlap between two major metropolitans, between Minneapolis and St. Paul, and Chicago, where we'll get their TV. Okay. And so if you grew up on the west side, more likely you disliked the Vikings because you saw them growing up a lot. Right. And you saw the fans a lot because Minnesota's border. Right. If you grew up on the east side, closest to Green Bay... You hated the Bears because you shared a coastline with them. Got it. So that's how I've always thought of it. Okay. Most people now that I talk to, if you go north, it's Vikings because we get Minnesota radio up north. Mm-hmm. If you go south, it's Chicago radio, so it's Bears. So it really is like this weird line that cuts it diagonally. Got it. And that's how I've always reckon, uh, did it. I was always more uh, anti-Viking than anti-Bear. Got it. But that changed when I saw Brian Urlacher play. Oh, okay. like when the Bears had Devin Hester yes. and they had I just loved hating those players. Yeah. And then my dad was a Vikings fan. So, uh, OK, it, it was tough to know all the time. But when I go so I work out of Chicago a lot, mm-hmm. too, to right. give a personal side. And it's sad right now because the Bears aren't very good and they almost hate themselves. When right. the Bears are good, the NFL is good. And yes. when the Packers are good, the NFL is good. And that rivalry, I think if it's healthy. It's an awesome rivalry you have to have. The Vikings and the Packers don't have to be good. It's always a great rivalry. Right. So I, I've always thought of it that way, but mm-hmm. I think people will disagree. It's just where you grew up yeah. in Wisconsin. We just so happen to be between two major areas of news and Got networking it. and two great yeah. NFL franchises. I, and I agree with you in the sense that um, if a team is there's some teams that if they're good, the league is good. Yes. The Yankees, the yeah. Lakers, right? I mean, if they're good... People pay attention. People yeah. hate those teams, so they want the to tune in. Yeah, yeah. Bears, I mean, whatever. the yeah. Monsters of the Midway. I yep. was in Chicago last weekend. I walked into a pub, and they still are thinking about 85. Like, they're still <laughs> thinking about it. I saw a big old Hampton poster with him signing it, and it said his weight, his height, everything. They have that stuff memorized. That's awesome. So I think it, it's just the Packers and the Bears are the history of the NFL, the, as does the Vikings. It's kind of the, the original core teams. Right. So it is a coin flip for me, but I'm a Viking Packer guy over Bears, but so many people would disagree. Fair enough. All right, this next one, um, Knicks and Heat. Um, mm. New York Knicks, Miami Heat. Is that a rivalry? Or? To be honest with you, not in my lifetime that I think about. The only thing that comes to mind right away is culturally, I can see them being very drastic, but they right. were both coached by Pat Riley. Right. Right. So I think that's where it comes from in a lot of ways is so much similarity between the two that they kind of wash out. Okay, fair enough. Um, next one on my list, Dodgers-Giants, obviously yeah, a huge rivalry. Um, when, once the Giants moved out from New York to California, 
and they're both in the National League, so they, they're in the same division. Um, that goes without saying. Um, One of the only baseball games that I would watch routinely every year. Yeah. It's that powerful. Yep. All right, this next one, uh, college basketball, Duke, mm, North Carolina. Most expensive ticket in basketball. Is it really? It's one of the most, wow. yes. So two blue chip fran- or two blue chip schools, both are well hated by the rest of the country, but not in comparison to how much they hate each other. Right, right. <clears throat> so which one would you say, I mean, I always think as Duke is like the team that always wins, but yeah. don't. I mean, I'm sure North Carolina did too, right? Yeah, when I think of the difference between the two of them, well, it's so tough because North Carolina, the ceiling is Michael Jordan. The ceiling is James right. Worthy. The ceiling is these outstanding players. And they have won a title in my lifetime, an NCAA title. Duke has as well. They've won the same amount in my lifetime. Oh. Which is funny to say, but Duke is the only, one of the only back-to-back title winners. Okay. So it, it is a coin flip. This is about as close as it comes. North Carolina in recent years hasn't reached the standard and hasn't stayed there right. in a while. So Duke is winning majority right now. But there's been a couple years, man, that North Carolina is just something else. They always seem to have better title luck or better tournament luck than Duke, too. Duke right. always seems to go out or they go to the Final Four. It's one or the other. They go out early or they go out late. North Carolina always seems to go out late. They never really seem, right. no matter where they're seated, they always that. find a way yeah. to make it to the late rounds. <laughs> yep. Yep. So they win when it matters, I guess. Yep. But they can both go fight each other. I don't like either of <laughs> them. <laughs> All right, we're coming down the home stretch right here. Right on. So we have um, I see in some baseball, great, names. great rivalry, Red Sox, Yankees. Yeah. I mean, how can you not? Re- These teams truly redone. hate each other. Yeah. Um, Fan bases, stadiums couldn't be more different. Everything is bad. Cities, you name it. It's yeah. It's just and those are great. I mean, and Major League Baseball does a good job of putting these teams on prime time, giving them weekend series, the whole thing that you would expect. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Here we go. Ooh, Um, soccer. This is a great one. Yeah. So why don't you go through this one? This is Celtic FC versus the Rangers FC. Um, this is squarely in the center of Scotland. It's it's in Glasgow, if I remember right. Yep. Two teams that share a city and both are highly successful. Think of them like if the Yankees, let's say the Mets won a lot of titles and the Yankees also were winning the titles that they did. That's what it's like. Okay. These two routine, routinely exchange blows. They are the teams of that league. Okay. Um, the only one, I mean, there's so many great... It's funny this one comes up. I'm glad it does. But one, like, the cream of the crop is Real Madrid versus Barcelona, El Clasico. Right. Um, Liverpool versus Everton. Manchester United versus Man City. Manchester United versus Chelsea is another one that I think of. I mean, there's so many great rivalries in England alone and deep-seated rivalries where they're chanting at each other and flares are going out. <laughs> I mean, Germany has Borussia Dortmund versus um, uh, Bayern Munich. Right. Turkey has some of the craziest ones, too. Juventus versus, like, anybody in Rome. Um, <laughs> I mean, there's so many great rivalries around soccer that right. it's tough to say exactly which one, but I can see on the list, it comes to my eyes, maybe my favorite rivalry of all time, Real Madrid versus Barcelona. So tell me about this one, because I know these teams. I'm honestly not a huge no, yeah, soccer fan. Fine. But why are these two teams so... Why are these rivalries so Because huge? these two teams 
Real Madrid historically has the largest fan group. They are the Dallas Cowboys of the world. Okay. They're from both from Spain. Yes, so Madrid and Barcelona. Yep. So there's a lot of different reasons. But the best way to start this out is Barcelona has been begging to become autonomous in its own country for years and years and years. Oh. Real Madrid is the capital of Spain and the be- one of the best programs in the world and are known as like the whites, right? The, right. the white team, the team that wears the classic all-white shirt. Right. It's it's classic, and Barcelona's colors always look good, and so they always get the they have the best development programs. The kids grow up there and end up moving on to the senior team as professionals. Wow! They they develop. They recruit from all over the world. Messi grew up in Barcelona, even though he's from Argentina. He's been there since he was eleven, Whoa. and he played for Barcelona. Um, if they can't raise them, they buy them. They got enough oh, money to go get gosh. a Cristiano Ronaldo or a Luka Modric. Or you can go out and get a Luis Suarez or a Neymar. Like these are the top players. These two teams alone, in my lifetime, have put together two of the best squads I think I've ever seen. Really, multiple times over. I mean, 2009 through 2011 Barcelona. I bet I can name every single player on that pitch. Wow. Um, Real Madrid goes and buys Cristiano Ronaldo out of. Um, he's Portuguese, but he was playing at Minnesota, or Minnesota United and Manchester United. Comes in. They get Kareem Benzema, they get Luka Modric, Tony Cruz. They go in the back, they get Pepe. They get all of these wonderful defenders, great goalkeeper. They are the gold standard of clubs. Like They will go out and they will get the best. And people have wanted players to be on that team to represent their country. I remember when a Turkish player made it to Barcelona, the whole country was like, oh my God, he plays for Barcelona. (laughs) So it means a great deal to play for those teams. And the best players, Maradona, played for Barcelona. Wow. Um, Messi played for Barcelona. Cristiano Ronaldo played for Real Madrid. Um, Raul played for Real Madrid. All-time goal scorer right there. Wow. I mean, these are the best players come to these two teams to win championships, and they have to go through each other every wow. year. Wow, that's awesome. <clears throat> yeah, you should treat yourself to watch it. It's different. Definitely. It's just a different game. Okay, the next one we switch over to hockey Ooh, here. <laughs> this is a really deep cut, but it's a good one. So Sweden versus Finland. Yes. So many NHL players. Yes. So many Olympic square-offs. These two teams seem to always have each other's numbers, regardless of where they are in the world, whether it's friendlies, U16s, to the professional level, yep. to the to the World Cup. Like They just always seem to find each other. My favorite thing about this rivalry is they've actually been rivals since the 1200s yeah. when the Swedes claimed Finland as part of Sweden and disregarded <laughs> the Finnish culture. And second-rate citizens, so this goes yeah. way back. Go get it, Finland. <laughs> get your saunas out of here. All right, I don't next. need none of that. <laughs> so we got three left. We got right the uh, NHL, Canadians versus Maple Leafs. Great Two rivalry. teams from Canada. Yep, absolutely. Um, again, this goes way back. The period from 1944, between 1944 and 78 is when the rivalry really took off. Um, they've been playing forever. And yeah. I'm, every time they play, it's it's no love lost. Right? And is the staple of Canadian mm-hmm. sports right now. Like, that's the top-tier rivalry to think about. I th- yep. At least that's what comes to mind. Yep. And I love the, the note I have here. The two teams met each other in the playoffs 15 times and faced off in five Stanley Cup finals during wow. those 34 years. And their bloodthirsty battles set a tone for the future. <laughs> so true, though. All right. Oh, this is when I this felt one, the other month. Yeah, so this one is a big one. This so is college tough. football, need I say more? Yeah. Ohio State, Michigan. This game is always one that 
a lot of times it will it comes down to who's going to win the Big Ten, right? Yeah, it is uh, because both teams are year in and year out just so good all the time. But they actually have been meeting, playing, I should say, since 1935, excluding a few years in there. But that goes back a long way. You know, I I just don't know how more exciting you can get than Ohio State, Michigan. Every year, it's a big deal. And you want to know something else? As somebody that spent some time in Michigan growing up. Mm-hmm. And as somebody that works out of Ohio regularly now, there is a feeling when you're standing in Ohio and you're from Michigan that you're just like, <laughs> I don't like it here. There's a deep-seated... I never... Right. like I spent very little time growing up in Michigan as a kid. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, growing up a Wolves fan, I, I did not like standing in Ohio. I yeah. don't like it. I love the city of Cincinnati. <laughs> God love you people. You folks are so nice. Yeah. But... There's some about that state. I just it doesn't agree yeah. with me. Okay, <laughs> but it, no, I, I kidding aside, that is a real thing, and people yeah. will just tell you straight up that they just don't like the state of Ohio, yeah. and it's because of this rivalry. Okay, like I don't care for Ohio. I don't care from people from Ohio, and then they'll say the same towards Michigan. Michigan. It's like, are are you a Wolverines fan? <laughs> no, 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 no. Are you a Buckeyes fan? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's it. it it has expanded to a place where now states define their identity mm-hmm. behind this rivalry. Yes. And it's fortunately carried over to other sports, but none quite like football. And one of the things that that we should have maybe mentioned earlier in this podcast about these rivalries is you know it's a rivalry when a team builds their team around yes. the sole purpose of beating their rival. Yes. Right? You must beat the Buckeyes to get a new contract as yes, the coach. Right. Like it's in Jim Harbaugh's contract. Or Pistons built their team to yes. beat Michael Jordan. To, I mean, be, uh, to keep him down. To keep him down. So yeah, it's, to yeah. keep their reign up. So we're on our last one here. Oh. Um, and this one, probably before your time. But I know it. But Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, two, mm. two boxers that I, I don't even know if you need to say anything else. Ali was a hero to the black community. Yeah. Kind of a loudmouth, arrogant guy. Um, mm-hmm. He said he's the best of all time, that yeah, whole thing. That yeah, like a butterfly, sing like um, a bee. But it was a great rivalry. I mean, it it's it's one of those where when these guys fought, it was... And this was way before cable TV yeah. and all this stuff. It was through the newspaper, it right? Was through the news, or it was like they would have the fight, I should say, would be on primetime like a Saturday night, and everyone was watching. Yeah. I mean, it was one of those things where it's like you don't make plans. It's the fight night. So. Yeah, and I, I want to bring up one final point, and maybe this is just me being a history mm-hmm. nerd, but... This is one of the only rivalries where I don't need to say the full name of right. everyone. And it's not just because it's boxing. Right. Frazier, Ali. Frazier, Ali. That's you know it. it. Yeah. Like both characters in this rivalry yeah. do not need to be spoken in full. You yep. know Frazier. <laughs> you know who Ali is. Yeah. You know it's about, it's a rumble. Let's go. It's a rumble. And what people don't probably don't realize now, I mean, if you look at today's culture, it's Football, obviously, is yeah. number one. Basketball, baseball. Back then, was there were three main sports and most popular sports, I should say. Baseball, number one. Horse racing and <laughs> yeah. boxing. Boxing was in there. Yeah. And it was like the basketball today was boxing back then. Yeah. I Everybody, still have newspaper clippings yeah. from my grandpa of his favorite boxers. It was it was the sport. I mean, it really oh, was. Wow. So, huge rivalry. That rounds out our list. Yeah, that was... A great list. <laughs> It'll be fun to go back and see, you know, what other ones you were able to compile maybe another day. But sure. those were great ones to start out with and just nice to visit memory lane. 
Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Well, any parting thoughts before we head out? No, I think that's it. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. If you want to get in contact with the show or listen to past podcasts, visit our website at thatsadumrule.com. Otherwise, tune in next time for another Dumb Rule. Mm-hmm.